I heard you press record. Yeah, and I gave you the three, two, one, go. <laughs> it was always it was five, four, three, and then you don't do the you don't say two and one. You just I, go, and then you point. I never understood why you don't say them. I guess just if you're getting getting the live, yeah. If you, you if, if you're starting off with the like the live microphone going, and you don't have some idiot in the back going two, one. That's fair. Maybe we should just, instead of doing an intro every week, we'll just start with a... <laughs> <laughs> That's a, a little bit of uh, recording insight yeah. to, to those who are not in the know with the uh, the clap. Just in case anyone wants to sync up their brain to yeah. <laughs> our podcast. But until then, hello and welcome to Punk Goes Pod, the internet's only podcast that knows how to party. Um, in a city called California? Oh wait, no, California's the state. Fuck, I fucked it up. Fuck. Um, we also look at Punko's tracks from Fearless. Yep. And answer the age-old question, hell yeah or yeah nah. My voice just cracked then. Oh, oh, oh you sounded auto-tuned. Cool. It sounded like Cher. <laughs> Cher or Cher? I say Cher. Cher, yeah. I don't know. I don't know why I called her Cher. Sorry, Cher. <laughs> Sharing is caring. So we alluded to it just before. Uh, what are we doing this week? So this week we are looking at the song California Love by Tupac featuring Dr. Dre as covered by My American Heart for Punk Goes Crunk. Oh, we're going into the dregs of we... crunk again. Yep. The, the Punk Goes uh, interpretation of crunk. We are wading back into the thick of it. Um... <laughs> These discussions are never not going to be painful, I think. But um, that's fine. <laughs> cool. Well, I mean, we've done a bit of vamping. It's mm-hmm. more rambling on my behalf. But uh, shall we just get into it? Yeah, I reckon. start off uh, talking a little bit about Tupac mm-hmm. and then we'll talk a little bit about Dr. Dre as well. So Tupac born Laysan Parish Crooks mm-hmm. was born in New York in 1971, which shocked me because I thought that he was, especially like listening to this song, I thought he was Californian through and through, but yeah, here we are. So Shakur's mother, Afeni Shakur, a political activist and former Black Panther changed his name from the former Laysan Parish Crooks to Tupac Amaru after Tupac Amaru II, the leader of a large Ande- Andean uprising against the Spanish in Peru, 
This would lead to his death in 1781. Afeni explained, I wanted him to have the name of a revolutionary indigenous people in the world. I wanted him to know he was part of a world culture and not just from a neighborhood. So, okay. Just to clarify, so Tupac's name is Tupac Amaru Shakur. Yeah. Um, just because we kicked off saying Tupac born this name and then we referred to him as Shakur. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I mean, because I guess that's what he then went by after. He no, was... it's just that you gave his name just Tupac, but you didn't say Tupac Shakur oh, okay. at the beginning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Tupac Shakur. Yes. Yes. Um. Yeah. Which is also, I, I just like looking into him. He was a very fascinating person. Him and his family, like his, uh, just like usually, usually that's a stage name or something. Like that, that that's something yeah. that they created. Was I was again surprised that that was. Oh no, his mum changed his name to that, which was, yeah, interesting to me. Did they? I'm guessing they didn't really specify when she changed his name. Uh, a year after he was born. Right. Okay. I thought I wrote that. No, you just said that she changed it. And oh, that's yeah. alright. Um, this is why there's two of us here. But yeah, no, I remember that fact. So one month before his birth, Afeni Shakur was tried by the state of New York against 21 other... Amongst. Amongst 20, uh, 21 other Black Panthers. She was accused of planning a coordinated bombing. She was acquitted of over 150 charges. Far out. So then he, him and his family would later move to Baltimore, Maryland, uh, where he attended the Baltimore School for the Arts. Mm-hmm. Uh, he studied acting, poetry, jazz, and ballet. I didn't know that you could study just jazz as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't see why not. Well, it's just, uh, I, I would have thought it would just be music, but here we are. Yeah, well, I guess it's the same way as like how you can study like classical music or whatever. Yeah. Like, I guess... Yeah, it's true. It makes sense to split it out at least by, like, major genres. Look, jazz needs all the love it can get, I guess. It's all about the notes you don't hear. They're or playing, you don't play. They're playing the wrong notes. Yeah. Purposefully. So he acted in numerous Shakespeare performances. And it was also at the same school where he would befriend Jada Pinkett. Ah, later Jada Pinkett Smith. Yes. Well, and, there you go. And, you know, I don't know what he would have thought... 30, nearly 30 odd years later when uh, when he would have watched that weird thing with her <laughs> and Will Smith last year. That was embarrassing. That's so weird. I didn't even watch all of it, but just like, yeah, just the discussion was just, what? Yeah. <laughs> What's going on with that? No, I'm glad Tupac wasn't alive to see that nonsense. <laughs> so he was also a member of the Young Communist League USA at school. Honestly, like, the Shakur family sounds fucking sick. Mm. Like, that's yeah. incredible. I know, like, like just like looking at it going, oh, oh. I know. Oh. Like, I oh. wish I had um, the gumption to put my name behind things that strongly. I guess... In instead the, of just getting angry on Twitter all the time. In the 90s, you could say you were a communist and it wouldn't... Oh, this mm. would have been the 80s at that point, but you wouldn't have... Well, I guess they were, America was still in the cold, like, in the brinks of, like... The midst of the Cold War with the Russians, but like, mm. it still wasn't as much of like you couldn't get blacklisted for it. For yeah, being like hey, maybe like we should share each other's wealth. I don't know. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so 
Tupac befriended such famous people as Mike Tyson, Chuck D from Public Enemy, Jim Carrey, and Alanis Morissette. Yep. He and Morissette were planning on opening a restaurant together. What? What kind of cuisine? It didn't say. Oh. I, 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 I'm more interested by the name. Like, what would that name have been? I know. Isn't California ironic? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's, that's just the way... Jagged little puck. Yeah. That's a good one. What was the what was the one that we did? Um, oh, you ought to know. You ought to know about uh, Machiavelli because he also called himself Machiavelli. <laughs> <laughs> and what do they serve? Oh, I don't know, like waffles or like you know pancakes, I guess. It's just it's just so fascinating. Like, what was that restaurant going to be? I. It's again like another thing. Like, man, that's really interesting. Yeah, I... And with Alanis Morissette, of all people. It's funny, though, like, it makes perfect sense to me. Like, they both are sort of, um, just fascinating personalities. Like, it makes perfect sense to me that they would pair up. Yeah. And do a joint venture like that. But it seems like he... It seems like he, he didn't really, um... What do you call when, like... He didn't have prejudices. Yeah. Essentially. I don't know what you would say. Like, he didn't really... He didn't really, like... Like, he sort of went out of his way to befriend interesting people yeah, as well. Like, yeah, it, it seems like he wasn't just like, oh, I'm going to only be friends with other rappers. Yeah. And, like... And also, like, Chuck D is, like, a super political rapper. Yeah. As well, like Public Enemy are just a super political group. Um, Yeah, just, just a fascinating person. Just another thing that I was like, oh, Alanis... Yeah, get it, get it, girl. So before his death, Tupac dated Kidada Jones, daughter of Quincy Jones and Peggy Lipton, and the sister of Rashida Jones. Okay. Yeah, Ann Perkins. Ann Perkins. Ann Perkins. And also he acted in a number of films, including Nothing But Trouble, which is, it's like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre for kids. Oh. It's so, it's so bizarre and so grim, but it's also rated like PG. Yeah. And it's just, it's it's a fascinating movie. I, I watched it, I think, last year. No, I watched it the year before. And it was just, I was just so enthralled by it. Right. Uh, so, yeah, he was in nothing but trouble in, like, a, a cameo where he, he sings mm-hmm. at one point. Uh, he was in a, the movie Poetic Justice and the movie Above the Rim, which was a basketball movie. I, I figured by the name that it probably was. I, I don't know if it's, um, yeah true uh i guess it could be above the pacific rim sure like a aviation movie it's uh so yeah he plays um because this was another one of those movies that my brother rented quite a few times (laughs) above the rim above the rim oh yeah well it was he's uh he was a i mean he played basketball big time basketball fan I think at that stage he was going through a little bit of rap, but he was still mostly like into punk. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Tupac, I don't know exactly the relationship, but he plays a gangster in it. And then I don't know if it's sort of imitating what actually happened to him, but he gets shot in a club Aww. at the end. Jesus. So yeah, sadly on the night of September 7, Tupac was shot to death while in Las Vegas. What year? Uh, oh, I think it was 96. Let's fact check. Yes. 
13th of September 1996? 7th of September. What? That's weird. They're saying 13th. Who's saying? Uh, okay, no. So CNN says September 7th. Uh, Wikipedia says... Oh, okay, no. Seventh. Blech. Okay, so yeah, September 7th. That's super weird. What year? In 96. 96. Anyway. I think I was thrown off because... I oh, know they would have put in the month. But yeah, because America does it the weird way around where it's month, day, year. Yeah. Just do a day, month, year. It goes small, medium, large. Okay, so he was... So, the shooting happened on the 7th and he died on the 13th. Ah, okay. That fucking sucks. Yeah, I thought that it was... Um, I didn't realise he'd lasted a, nearly a week yeah. after. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, and that's a whole sort of kettle of fish. They still don't quite know who did it. It's believed... Um, like, one of the people like that might have done it might have been Puff Daddy. Um... Yeah, there were there were a whole lot of things about that. There was also he was one of those ones that was rumored to be alive and living on an island somewhere. Yeah, I remember in year seven, there we didn't really have a better name for it for white kids who wore. Yeah, like oh no, we're not saying the name. Oh no, we called them Wu Tangers. Oh, because okay. they wore Wu Tang. Okay. Yeah, the white kids who wore... That's better than what I was thinking. No, 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 no. Like, white kids that wore, yeah, Wu-Tang, Dada, Rough Rider, FUBU. I'd completely forgotten about that, but yeah, Yeah. we had one of those kids in our class. Did you you have a name for them, or was it just Wu-Tangers up there? It was just... Whatever. Yeah. (laughs) I think there was only the one that we knew of. We were just like, that's Corey. (laughs) Yeah, my class, my class, like... The majority of the boys were Wu-Tangers. And so I didn't really make friends with them. Um, and so, yeah, they... Getting into... Like, their favourite artist was Eminem. Of course. But, like, also getting into Tupac. And they would just, like, spend their time in the back of the class talking about, like, how he wasn't dead. Oh, my god! And they were like, oh, yeah, he's on he's on an island just fucking babes all the time. Because he's Tupac. And oh, it's my like, god! They were 13. Some of them probably 12 as well. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Did any, or how many of them, I should say, because I know at least one did, how many of the Wu-Tangers dyed their hair, like, oh, piss yellow? Um, like, tried to do it peroxide, it just didn't take properly. There was, like, five or six of them. Like, half of them. That's hilarious. Did the, did the M&M. Yeah. yeah. But that was that was just in my grade. We had, like, 200 students in our year level. <laughs> So, yeah, probably like a good quarter of them had the M&M, piss yellow hair. <laughs> That's what happens when you do a home dye job, yeah. kids. Yeah, I mean, uh, M&M could pay someone professionally to, to do that. To tone the to his piss colour out of it, yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> so many, so many of them. It was Yeah, because that was the year as well. Year 7 for me was the year of the Marshall Mathers LP. Yes. That's the one with, this looks like a job for me. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that uh, was... No, Eminem show? Or was it the Eminem show? I think it was the Eminem show. Because I, I it... owned Without Me on CD single. CD single. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus 
shush. By, I... Yeah, the M&M show. The M&M show. So that was the year of the M&M show. And that was huge for so many kids in yeah. year seven. And yeah, there would always be the ones that like kind of scared me. They were the ones that hung out with the year nines, the year nine Wu-Tangers. <laughs> um, which, which when you grow up, you're like, all those kids were losers because they were hanging out with year sevens. Yeah. They were hanging out with the kids that just came out of primary school. <laughs> but just like fucking Wu-Tangers and then like, and they'd always like, They'd be like, so who's your favourite musical artist? And it, yeah, it would be Eminem, Tupac, fucking Dr. Dre, B- Busta Rhymes. Right. Because my only experience with rap was I had the Eminem show yep. and Dr. Dre's 2001. Yep. And then like it would come to me like, what's your favourite? And I'd say, Mill and Colin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that didn't, that didn't get me any like popularity points or anything <laughs> like that. That's adorable. <laughs> and I just, yeah, I had, like, I was friendly enough with them, with, yeah. the, with the Wu-Tangs, because it's like, they're the people in my class, like, who else am I going to talk with? Yeah. yeah. Pop-punkers and Wu-Tangers are friends. Uh, yeah, I guess. Like, Ludacris did a did a remix of Get Back with Sum 41, so. <laughs> Wonderful. We're only a year out from Jay-Z collabing with Linkin Park. That's true. Yeah. And then he later collabed with Fall Out Boy. Yeah. Or did a hype man intro for I them. Was, I think I was already a father at that point, so. Okay. Yeah. I'm just saying it was way later than me being in high school. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's keep talking about Tupac, though. Oh, let's talk about Dr. Dre. Yes. Because we didn't forget about Dre. And... <laughs> I used to, I used to know the entire song. I used to know the entire lyrics to Forget About Dre. Forgot About Dre, isn't it? Forget About Dre. Nowadays, everybody want to talk like they got something to say, but nothing comes out when they move their lips, just a bunch of gibberish, and motherfuckers act like they forgot about Dre. Yeah. Well, I had, oh, well. To do, I had to do the whole thing. So no, no, yeah. And yet you couldn't remember. <laughs> so, Dr. Dre. Yes. Uh, doesn't say if he got his PhD in anything. <laughs> but, uh... I was going to say. <laughs> Doctor of Philosophy. <laughs> Was born in 1965 from Compton, California. Yep. Known for being one member of the rap group NWA and his solo albums, or his solo career, The Chronic and 2001, the aforementioned 2001. A Space Odyssey. <laughs> 2001, A Dre Odyssey. A, a, a Dre Odyssey. Um, when I was a kid, I thought that NWA stood for Never Walk Alone. <laughs> Which it absolutely does not. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's something we can't say. No. And that's fine. Rightfully so. Yeah, rightfully so. <laughs> so he also produced the Marshall Mathers LP, Genesis by Buster Rhymes, which was another one that I had. Yep. Uh, sick album. And Get Rich or Die Trying by, or Get Rich or Die Trying, sorry. Yes. 50, 50 by 50 Cent. Mm-hmm. He also released, released Beats by Dre. He sure did. Uh, the Headphones. Another funny high school story. So then the year, the year later, so year eight at the start of year eight was when, yes. um, or around about that time was when Get Rich or Die Trying came out. Yeah, yeah. And there were girls in my class talking about talking about Fifty Cent because he was a good looking man with a six pack. Yes. And they were like, "Oh my god, he's so hot!" But I don't know if I can like. 
I don't know if I can love him because he killed a baby. What? Yeah, one of the girls was just like, yeah, but 50 Cent killed a baby. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that, but he's so hot and his music is so good. Kiss. But he killed a baby. And that same girl later on in that year got a diamond put in her tooth. Oh my God. Teenage kids, like... <laughs> 14-year-olds now. Yeah, 13 to 14, like 13 to 15-year-old, like, those years should just be wiped from existence of, like, everyone's recollection because they're just so embarrassing, like, regardless of who you are. It's a wonder that not... It's a wonder that, like, QAnon isn't just, like, it isn't just only teenagers because teenagers will just believe... They will believe the dumbest shit. The dumbest shit, like, 50 Cent killed a baby. (laughs) Like... What Sorry, was... the act, like the topic itself is not funny, but, what... but just the idea that... The idea that 50 Cent could kill a baby, we all know about it, and yet he's still like massively successful from his <laughs> debut album. Um, I think the thing that... I get... thought you were going to look it up. <laughs> yeah, did, did... Did 50 Cent kill a baby? No. <laughs> well, <it's... laughs> Sorry, you go. It's just the idea that... She was grappling with, like, can I still find this person hot even though he killed a baby? <laughs> like The philosophy behind that, like, the mental anguish behind... Oh, that six-pack is just so ruddy, but... That baby. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but how long ago was this? Was it, like, six months ago? If it's, like, six months ago, I can deal with that. Look at him. He is just so handsome. Man. <laughs> and then... Again, continuing on that thread, one of my friends in high school got huge into rap at like 15, 16. Yeah. And it's like 50 Cent was one of the ones that like he was hugely into. And so the 50 Cent movie came out and there's a bit in it where it talks about like, or it shows like when his mum was murdered and the guy who murdered his mum looked like Rick James. And so they called him Rick James and they make a point of being like, that motherfucker looks like Rick James. Right. But he didn't quite hear that that motherfucker looks like Rick James. They, he just heard Rick James. So he's oh. like, he comes to me and he's like, did you know Rick James killed 50 Cent's mum? Oh my it's God. It's in the movie. Oh. Kid, fuck's sake. So, was, was it the fact that like 50 Cent was so enraged by... Rick James murdering his mum that he himself turned into the super freak and murdered a baby? Far out. Was that what happened? And I was just like, that doesn't sound right to me. And this was at the time as well where one of the worst things I heard him doing was um, basically a, a him and his wife kept a girl hostage who was trying to like steal from them. Who was this, sorry? Rick James. Oh Jesus! I was like, and that, that was like one of the worst things, and which is horrible. But like, yeah. I was like, I'm pretty sure I would have heard about his him killing Fifty Cent's mum. <laughs> also, why is he out? Like, why is he in, T in jail? Yeah. I'm <laughs> like, just like, like Super Freak is a bop, but like, yeah. yeah, like maybe he should go to jail. I'm just skimming through like just a list of feuds that Fifty Cent has had. I want to say Fiddy, but that like I'm not on that level to call him that. Um, so, but yeah, he's G- feuded... no the game. Did yep, he... yep, the game. Ja Rule. Ja, ja Rule. That's a funny one because Ja Rule does not have a leg to stand on. Also, <laughs> I'd forgotten about 
how in 2018 Ja Rule was like ragging on 50 Cent on social media. So then 50 Cent responded by purchasing and vacating the first four rows of Ja Rule's concert. <laughs> That's such a shit flex, but I love it. That's a move, though. But, like, he's still giving him money. Yeah, but, like, at the same time... Look, look, let's be real. I want to know how big the venue was. Yeah. And also, how many tickets sold after that still? Yeah. Because it's Ja Rule in 2018. That's, yeah. This is the thing, is, like, that feels like one of those moves where, like, you've stuck it to them, but also, like... You've just put money in his pocket. But like, I guess it's a flex being like, I can afford to just I can afford blow to, this money on like a stupid... I can afford to do this and also the first four rows are empty, but you still... There's still like, might be like six other rows. I'm assuming it's a <laughs> tiny venue. I'm assuming it's only got ten rows because it's Jar Rule in 2018. This is also... This was, you know, there wasn't a documentary out about it yet, but this was also... Post fire festival was that post fire? Because well, I was still working in the bottle shop, and I was down at my parents' place when we had a conversation over the phone. And you're like, "Have you heard about this fire festival thing?" <laughs> yeah, it and was too. you still have to go out there and perform, even though the first four rows are empty. Yeah, like, that's, that's true. That's, that's humiliating. Funny. That's that's better than like just saying something to someone. Like that's better than anything. Like that's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was in 2017. Oh, 2017. So, yeah. Man. Anyway, we're getting, like, way off topic now. I mean, it probably was. You're probably right. Like, nobody else probably bought tickets to his show anyway, so. Well, I didn't say that. I'm just saying, like, it's funny, but also, like, at the end of the day, Jar is benefiting from that. Because, yeah. anyway, doesn't matter. <laughs> Speaking of rumours, we have another one coming up. And speaking of fire festivals... Oh, yeah. That's a good one. So, um... Oh, wow. We really did go on a bit of a spree there. We did. (laughs) Like 50 Cent in the nursery. Oh, my God. We are going to get cancelled. Oh. Anyway. Like plant nursery. That's fine. Uh, so in 2011, a rumour started that Dr. Dre, remember that's who we're talking about here, mm, yep. created the Burning Man Festival. That's the one with all the weird hippies that go to, like, they burn a, an effigy of a... Man? Of a man. <laughs> a wooden man. Like, he's like 100 feet tall. Uh, so the urban <laughs> the urban legend began as... That should be the sequel to The Iron Giant, is he becomes best friends with Burning Man. And he has to, like, stop him from becoming Burning Man. No. And it's on... Was it Disney? That was Disney, wasn't no, it? No, it was no. like a knockoff Disney. Like, oh, like DreamWorks or something. I don't even think it was DreamWorks. No. Remember the people that did down the stage? It doesn't matter. It really doesn't. The, the urban legend began as a Tumblr post stating that he discovered the Burning Man while doing a shoot in the desert in 1995. What so that, Burning Man? The Burning Man. Like the effigy. The effigy. Oh, for fuck's sake. And that would have been 1995 in the desert. That would have been the Filming... film... Filming... This. Yeah, filming California Love. Fuck's sake. So he offered to cover the land rental costs and suggested instituting an entrance fee system, which they had not been doing at the time. Uh, So that was false, though? Yeah, it's false. (laughs) It's like one of those things, like, that's such a weird 
thing to say. Yeah, it's like, just such an unnecessary rumour. Like, It's like there was the television show Wonder Years and it was the rumour was that um, one of the kids in the Wonder Years turned out to be Marilyn Manson, <laughs> who's cancelled. So. so about the song... Mm-hmm. California Love. It was the comeback single after Tupac's release from prison in 1995. Yep. The song was written by Tupac and Dr. Dre. The latter also produced the song. Mm-hmm. The song was never released on any of Tupac's studio albums as it was intended for a release on the Dr. Dre album, The Chronic 2. The Chronic... The, the, never been Chronica. However, the album was never released. So... The Squeakle. The Squeakle. This huge song was going to be on an album that never actually got released, but the song did anyway. So the song reached number four on the ARIA charts, number one in Canada, New Zealand, and the US. Well, Australia needs to catch up, clearly. There were two versions of the film clip, one of the original, one for the original song and another for the remix. Okay. And the first video, which was the one that we watched with the desert, Mm-hmm. Directed by Hype Williams, who also directed the film clip for Getting Jiggy With It by Will Sweet. Smith, Ex Girlfriend by No Doubt, and Rockstar by NERD. So, those two at least are cool videos. Anyway, I don't, I, I think I only know like the Getting Jiggy With It one, and it has that fisheye lens yeah. in like, yeah, when it's like, looks like a cheese grater inside. You know, when, you know when that person, yeah, yeah it's like yeah. every 90s clip. Yeah. Yeah. So it was inspired by Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, and the premise was devised by Jada Pinkett. Hey. So they continued being friends outside of school. That's nice. Yeah. yeah. Them. No, I like that. I like that they continued being friends. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. The second video continues from the first, and all the events taking place in the desert were just a nightmare. So at least that's a. Um... A slight variation on the, but it was just a dream. Yeah. Or like, but then I woke up. So what do you think of the song? It's a classic. And like, I'll always like it because it's a classic. Mm. But it gets tedious very quickly. Mm. Um, more so when it comes to covers, which we'll get to shortly. Um... But again, like, this is one of those ones where, like, if I'm ever driving with a friend or something and it comes on, it's just, like, fucking sick. Like, that's my day made. So, my impression of it is that Dr. Dre and Tupac want to fuck the state of California as well. Uh Because I thought, like, because my introduction to this song was when my brother bought the DVD of the Up and Smoke tour for me for my 13th birthday, which... (laughs) Uh, my mum didn't know what it was. That's uh, brilliant. So, you know, he got away with buying that for me. Probably shouldn't have. There <laughs> were a there were a lot of boobies in it. Okay. And um, and so yeah, they do they do California Love. So it's Tupac, and I think Snoop Dogg takes the place of Tupac. Do you mean Dre? So Doctor uh, yeah, sorry. So Doctor Dre, and I think, and I'm pretty sure Snoop Dogg takes the place of. Tupac, because the Up and Smoke tour was like 2001. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, so, so like yep. six years after his death. Um, and so, yeah, I just assumed that it was kind of about falling in love with someone in California, or... 
Really? Yeah, well, I, I didn't realise that it is basically just like a huge advertisement for the state of California. Well, yeah, it's kind of a love letter to California. California. Which makes sense in the title, yes, but I was 13 at the time. True. And, you know, when he's talking about shake it, shake it, baby, like, I am imagining Dr. Dre being like, it's a sexy ass state. <sighs> And look, I like that even though he's initially from the East Coast, Tupac moved to the West Coast and, you know, fell in love with it. Yeah. That piano riff also, it's very reminiscent of the opening riff to, and you would you probably wouldn't know it, but it's the opening riff to the Motley Crue song, Dr. Feelgood. Okay. Yeah. Which is also, that's the song on The Office when Dwight and Jim go on a sales call and he's like, leave the keys in the car. And so like, Dwight's rocking out in the back and it's yeah. playing, um, no, Kickstart My Heart, not Dr. Feelgood. Okay. So it's the start to kickstart. It sounds very reminiscent to the start of Kickstart My Heart. Right. Um, yeah, they kind of... I don't know. Like, I, I'm the same with you. Like, if it comes on, like, yeah, shake it, shake it, baby. Mm-hmm. But it also, like, it's three notes for the entire song. It's... It's that for the entire song. A lot of it is just Dr. Dre naming cities in California. <laughs> Like, it really is. It's like, I don't know what happens in Inglewood, but Inglewood's up to no good. I know about, like, Oakland. Yeah. Uh, you know, San Fran. Like, I know about California now, which is good. True. California's huge. Yes. Well, California has a lot of cities. I don't know. Like, I I don't want to... Uh, I, might, I might leave a little Easter egg for, uh, for the Sadie Hawkins pod. And if there's any... Like, they're from California, or they're, they live in California. Like, if there's any cities that they forgot to mention, hit us up. Let yeah. us know. Yeah. And we'll uh, we'll make an amends next week, I guess. Sure. But, yeah, like, there's two verses to this song. And, and a chorus that doesn't really go too far. Like, you're right, it's a classic. Mm. I don't know, I think I'd rather... Yeah, I'd rather be listening to, like... I can't remember if that's the title, but that's just the way it is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know the one. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's it's also kind of a long song. It's over five minutes. It's... I think, yeah, if I ever hear the radio edit of it, I'm, like, sick. Yes. Um, and that's my thoughts on the song. Yeah. Cool film clip. Yeah. Like, so they've got the Thunderdome, which mm. I thought they had come over here to film it. Yeah. Um, but then, because I even made that fact to friend of the pod, Richard S. He was like, <laughs> really? They came over? And I'm like, I'm like, yeah. And then I was like, wait, California has desert. Yes. It is just basically the spider's web from any playground. Yeah. I fell off one of those once and winded myself and I thought I was going to die. <laughs> I was like, I was like, well... I'm six. I can't breathe. It's 
not been a terribly good run, but it's been a run, I guess. Yeah, it just landed flat on my back, and I was just... I was just, yeah, convinced I was going to die. Getting winded is an entirely new... Ex- like, it's just so fucked. I still remember... I think the first and maybe only time I've ever been winded, and it just fucking sucked. Like, yeah, what happened to you when you got winded? I can't even remember. Like my experience was, there was also like neither of my parents were there. There weren't. It was just kids. <laughs> oh my god! Like the teacher who was patrolling was somewhere else. So there was no adult to come and say you're all right. Yeah, just calm and you'll be <laughs> fine. So I'm panicking. Because I can't breathe. Because I fell over. I fell off the spider's web. Yep. So, yeah, they've got the spider's web. They've got the gear. Apparently it's 2095. So it's a 100 years from... When it was filmed. When it was filmed. Yep. Uh, Chris Tucker is in the film clip at the start. Who's Chris Tucker again? He's from Rush Hour. Right. Okay. And uh, the first Friday movie with Ice Cube, which is a classic in comedy. Right. Um... Like, they do, like, the dune buggies and everything. Like, it's it's cool. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, misappropriated it as being filmed somewhere <laughs> here. And then it was like, oh, wait, yeah, they could just have done that over there. Yeah. I'm going to double check that. And I was like, wait, I was wrong. But it was inspired by Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. So. Yes. Which had Tina Turner in it. So. Well. She plays the villain in that movie. That's sick. I love Tina Turner. Yeah, it's... I don't know, like, I just don't know... I don't really have too much to say about it. Because there's not too much to really talk about. The only thing that bums me out about the video is that they do the whole, oh, but it was just a dream. Because, like, to me, that's the most realistic... Depiction of where we are now. Or, like, where we'll be in 2095. Like, societal collapse, like, absolutely. Because they're in the desert, and I don't know if it's... I don't think it's, like, New Oakland, but Oakland is, like, next to, or it's part of San Francisco, so it's, like, next to the water. So, Mm. that's bleak, because because it's all desert. So, like, like in Mad Max Fury Road, when they realise that the uh, the ocean is now just sand. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Good, good movie. It is a good movie. Yeah. So, I guess we just move on because... Yes. Let's do it. I'll ramble if we don't. You really will. Let's keep going. Oh. Well, let me welcome everybody to the wild, wild west. A state that's uncomfortable like alien nest. They try to kiss your ear drum like a slug to your chest. Pack a bass, play your Jimmy in a serious set. We can have fun, From Diego to the Bay The city is the bomb And the city making pay Screw up a finger If you feel the same way Ma, putting it down For California Alright, would you like to take The facts about My American Heart? 
Sure, I'll get my voice in here somewhere. <laughs> um, I need to breathe at some point. <laughs> have you winded yourself? <laughs> so I have trauma. Like I can't see spiders' webs, oh spider webs, without like having PTSD. <laughs> Shit. My American Heart formed in two thousand one. They hail or hailed, I should say, from. Oh no, they reunited. Sorry, I'm jumping ahead. They hail from San Diego, California. So good choice for them. Uh, They were initially named No Way Out, but they changed their name to My American Heart to reflect the ethnic and national duality the original members identified with. And after a hiatus, the band reunited in 2017. Yeah, they were not as interesting as Tupac. Mm. They really weren't. And they didn't have any funky rumours like uh, Dr. Dre. So Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's literally all we have written down about them. So apologies yep. to my American heart. Um, feel free to come on the pod and tell us more about yourselves. Yeah. Um, let's not talk about this song though, my American heart, cause Ugh. it's garbage. It's really fucking bad. And like, there's no way to do this without hamming on it and being an idiot. So I was saying to you in the car today, my imagination is that this is covered by the model on the cover of the Punk Goes <laughs> Crunk album. Yeah. Like, that's exactly my my where my imagination goes it's for this. It's very much a product of its time, um, for better or for worse. I think one of the things that doesn't sit right with me, and it doesn't, like, doesn't mean, like, didn't stop white people from covering this song no. so much. Um, my thing with this, though, is, like, their verses, like Dr. Dre's and Tupac's verses, are lived experiences. Yeah. And it's not yep. experiences that my American heart have shared. Like, it's not what they've, you know, experienced. Yeah. And it's, I don't know, it's a very personal thing. And, I don't know, it's more so than regular regular songs being covered. I don't know. I just, it just feels a bit almost icky to me. Yeah. Really. And it's... I don't know, like, it, it has this sort of false swagger to it as well. Yeah. Like, it's it definitely feels like the kid who, yeah, has listened to, um, like, it has listened to rap and, and is, is, you know, emulating it in the mirror. Like, it's, I don't know, and it's also just kind of crap. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry, like... You, like people can listen to this and the band might listen to this and if you are I'm sorry I just don't like this let's talk about your other stuff happily happy to do that yeah I agree like it like I get that they're just having fun but you it's just very appropriative and not in a what like and not in a mean or like mean-spirited way but it's just like you said like if you don't have that lived experience yeah you can't just sort of dick around with it yeah yeah i don't know yeah like sing along with your friends like i don't know jam this song like if you're warming up like have fun with it that way but it's not your story to tell. Yeah, I don't know. And... Whereas, like, if it had been, like, California Girls by Katy Perry, go for it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, 
being from California, like, fucking do it. But, like, yeah, I don't know. It's it's even... Because it is, I guess, that thing of, like, they're from California. They probably love California. Yeah. You know. And I really love that. Like... But, like, when when Tupac opens his line, like, he took... Like, it's... When he opens up his verse, it's about... This is, like, the first thing he's done since getting out of jail. Yeah. Like, yeah. he references that. And that's not... You're then just becoming an actor. You're acting out someone else's part. Yeah. 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 Um... So, and I don't know, it's not even just that, it's, it just doesn't quite work for me. No, it doesn't gel well. Gel well. Mm. Yeah, well gel. Sure. <laughs> so, we got some other covers, two mm. other covers. Yes. Uh, I really punished you this week. <laughs> I didn't... Look, that's what I get for not having any part in doing any of the research, so that's on me. I mean, as I said when we were talking with new friends of the pod, the Zeitgeist Labs podcast... Yes, thank you again for if, hosting us on your pod. If it wasn't for you, we wouldn't have been on their pod, so... That is true. Yeah. Um, Alright, so... Let's get into these other covers... Link, I don't quite know how to describe this one. I don't know whether it's rap rock, whether it's new metal, whether it's something horrible in between. Is it sort of like... Is it like a weird hybrid of like new metal and butt rock almost? Kind of is. Because there's a real sort of like butt rock-esque swagger to it. Yeah. Like, especially just the way that they treat the vocals in the chorus. Very, and I'm sorry to use this word, very cocksure. Like, yeah. Very, yeah, very sure of itself and just very confident. Um, yeah. It, it's not good. It's... <laughs> it definitely feels like they are having more fun with it and maybe from a place of love, as well, though. Which... That the same can be said for um, My American Heart. Yeah. Like, I again, like, I don't see any malice in any no, of these covers. No. It's just a bit misguided. Yes. Um, I feel like with this one, at least it sort of 
removes itself far enough from the original to sort of make it a distinct div cover. Yeah. Because, like, as opposed to... Because I can't remember, does the My American Heart one have, like, the keys, or is that replaced with guitars? Because I think at least... No, that has guitars. Right. Yeah. I feel like it's more pronounced on the Tribal Ink one, though, and then especially, like, combined with the vocals, it feels a bit more removed in a way that helps its case, I Mm -hmm. guess. But I still hate it. So that's what they look like. So they definitely are a butt rock band. Fucking sick. The lead singer looks like Noel Fielding. <laughs> really does. Um, <laughs> Bringing ponchos back in. That's, um, yeah. It's still real bad. It is real bad. Like, it's not good. But it's not bad. It, not as... Sorry, yeah. Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, if this was released in, like, 2003, I would not be shocked at all. Like, this yeah. just has... It has that energy that that just before it's time, like just before like tap out and Ed Hardy clothing, yeah. But like still, still with like the faux hawks and the dog tags and <laughs> like the the shirts, like the tight jeans, but like the shirt was tucked in only at the belt buckle, so you could see the belt buckle. Which, to be fair, that is a French tuck or a French tuck. Yeah, but that was like. That became popular around about then. True, yeah. yeah. That's true. Yes. I do a cheeky French tuck at times. I mean, my gut ensures that I sometimes have to, so. <laughs> anyway. I miss belt buckles. I know. My good belt buckles. I still have mine back at my parents' place. I'm going to respectfully ask that you don't. Bring those back. Though. You don't want me to bring the skull and crossbones. I really back? don't. No. You don't want me to bring the "Welcome to Las Vegas" sign that my brother got for me from Las Vegas when he went to America. No. You don't want me to bring the the gun barrel that spins. I really don't. What about the LED one that you can write words into? No. What about the Slipknot one? Absolutely not. What about the pirate skull one? No. The Superman one? How many fucking belt buckles did you have? A lot. Oh my god. No. Hard no on all of them. <laughs> the only prominent belt buckle you can have is like a slightly exaggerated version of a regular belt buckle. Yeah. Like a chunky belt buckle, but not a novelty belt buckle. I agree. No, I'm I'm through the phase of belt buckles. Although I do agree, I miss being able to express myself through my belt. I remember just, yeah, my first one, which was the skull and crossbones <laughs> one. And God. like, yeah, just with my dad. And, yeah, we went and bought one. And he probably couldn't care less, but he, you know, supported me in my decision to get a a belt buckle. I was 15. I was so happy with that thing. Good on him. Yeah. Oh, I also had a Red Star one. You really did. Yeah. I've seen that one. Did I wear that one? No. No. I wouldn't be here with you if you had worn that one. I was going to say, I wasn't... I, was, I don't think I was wearing my belt buckles in my early 20s. No, you still had them in your childhood bedroom, though. Ah. Um, I just had the classic, like, three rows of studs. Yeah. Um, a la Billy Joe Armstrong, who I modelled all of my clothing choices after for at least a year. Like, my, my studded belt definitely is still alive somewhere. Yeah. I, I've gone through so many belts in the interim, and that belt probably would have lasted me forever. But yeah. it's a studded belt. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> I know. 
I miss being able to wear a studded belt. But again, that would be super embarrassing as a 29, near 30 year old. And I used to wear it below my butt, so I scratched all of mum and dad's wooden chairs. Oh my god. Yeah. Why didn't you just pull your pants up? Because that's not how we wore them. That's not how we wore our pants back then. That's how I wore my pants. Yeah, but you weren't like, you weren't in a pop punk band like I was. That's how we wore them. I should have. If no. I'd known you back then, I would have dacked you. Yeah, I remember there being an old lady teacher who like kept being like, she would, it got to a point where she's like, you seriously cannot pull your pants up. And I'm like, and I won't. It was like oh my God. the most rebellious I ever was in high school. <laughs> Over your f- pants. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not saying this in defense of me. Oh, it was ridiculous. It was a ridiculous thing to defend. But I still did it. Did I look good? No. <laughs> no. It elongated your torso. Anyway. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so the last the last cover we'll do is uh, she goes by Rizzy Myers. Now let me welcome everybody to the wild, wild west. I stay that's untouchable like Ellie and Ness. The track, get your eardrum like a slug through your chest. Pack a verse for you, Jimmy, in the city of sex. We in that sunshine state with the bombers him beat. A state where you never find the dance floor empty. And bimps be on the mission for them greens. Lean, mean, money-making machines, serving things. I've been in the game for ten years, making rap tunes. Ever since Sunnies was wearing soon. It's 95 and they clock me and watch me diamond shining. Looking like a ride, Liberace. It's all good from the echo to the bay. Your city is the body. I... This isn't so much a... An auditory experience, but a visual one. Yeah. Just, I challenge the listeners to try and watch this thing from start to end. Mm. If you if you're taking this challenge up, um, let me know how long you last. Yeah. I and wanna... whoever lasts the longest will mail out a pongo's pod sticker and okay badge yeah there you go you'll get a pongo's pod sticker and badge unless you're richard s he in case in which case you have those already you can have more if you want though they're just sitting in the study <laughs> <laughs> um it just these ones like these kinds of endeavors they blow my mind just thinking about the fact that someone had to, had to have enough self-confidence to record themselves singing seductively to a camera for yeah. an extended period of time. Yeah. And it's it's not just like a still not just her just like looking into the camera, like it's all movements and all this sort of stuff and like touching her face a yeah. lot. Yeah. And I'm gonna come out and say this is the worst version of this song. I don't think it's the worst, but it's just it I it inspires a very deep cringe. This inspired in me the the idea to do a segment just called Oh White People. Because <laughs> this is Oh White People to the max. I mean, this whole episode. Well, not really. I mean, but, not the original, but, but yeah. Well, <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like, 
props to people who can do this and like have no sense of maybe I should not do this thing. Um, and like she can sing, but it's definitely trying to do that really seductive kind of singing though. Yeah, and it, it sort it's of like also... cursive singing. Yeah, and it also that's a really terrific way to put it, cursive singing. Mm. But it also it's a lot of just unnecessary when the words have finished a lot of yeah yeah it's sort of like christina aguilera like vamping kind of yeah but like just vamping with noise isn't that scatting no oh yeah it kind of is um <laughs> everything's just jazz at the end of the day yeah i don't know and and like looking at the comments like people like i didn't think this i didn't think the original could be topped but i've just found the top like I love this. This oh, cover God. is this cover is amazing. <laughs> and look, I'm being mean, like because it's fine, but it's just again, like talk about not embodying the lived experience. Like, like it's it's yeah, the talent is there. Maybe stick to doing Taylor Swift covers. <laughs> You're a blonde white woman. Maybe just stick to like you know. Taylor Swift covers or Phoebe Bridges covers or something. Like, I'm saying Phoebe Bridges just because you're wearing the Phoebe Bridges shirt. But, like, yeah, don't... Maybe don't, like, do Tupac's and Dr. Dre's lived experiences mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 I agree. Like, you're being dumped. That's Taylor Swift's experience in her, like, first album. Like, do a Taylor Swift song. Hey now. Hey now. Do a Smash Mouth song. <laughs> That's not All-Star. Walking on the sun. No, because you can't embody the lived experience of All Star. No, <laughs> you're not. You're not the mystery men, even though one of them was a woman, played by Janine Garofalo. I think this is a good time for us to answer the question: Hell yeah, or yeah nah? Hell yeah for the original. Yeah nah for the cover. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, boys. What about you? Same. Same. I think the moment that I start talking about Mystery Men on the podcast is when we just stop the podcast. Yes. For the week. Yes. So that'll be that. Uh, next week we are looking at... Oh, this is probably also going to be kind of cringy as well. So we're doing Arse Back Home by Gym Class Heroes mm-hmm. as covered by Secrets for Punk Goes Pop 5. Oh, Pop. Okay. I've written PGP 5 and I had to like... Like almost tricked my brain into saying that's not Punko's pod. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> easy mistake to make these days. <laughs> well, until then, if you're in California, like just blast this song. If you're not, blast the song as well. Like, yeah, we blasted it in Yarraville, Melbourne, Australia, like Victoria, Australia. So, good thing we're possibly moving soon, so that people don't dox us. Ah, oh, yep. Bye. Bye.